From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well, and uh, glad that we all made it to Friday here during a holiday week. Boy, it really chops it up, doesn't it? Uh, but I hope you all had a Merry Christmas again, and good to be with you here from our New Orleans Arena studios today. Back uh, at the uh, home office for Pelicans basketball. Man, oh man, been a long time since we played a home game here after being out west for those five games in ten days. But the Pelicans are home tonight to take on the Denver Nuggets. I'm Sean Kelly. Producer Dan is here as well today, and we've got a great show for you lined up. Of course, we've got to talk Saints and Buccaneers. Uh, that is on many, many minds on this Friday. Yours truly included. And John DeShazer will stop by to give us kind of these uh, – uh, these uh, late-week bulletins or thoughts with regard to where the Saints are in their preparations for, in this case, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 325 kickoff on uh, Sunday afternoon. Boy, it's gonna be, it is going to be a great weekend in the NFL. I think, I think everyone plays on Sunday. That's the first cool thing. The other is this. I think there are only three games out of the entire schedule this weekend that have no playoff implications. So I guess, in a sense, they're glorified exhibition games. And there's only one team, one team who will not have their postseason fate um, implicated in some way. That'd be the Arizona Cardinals. They're, no, no, excuse me, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're locked in as the five seed now in the AFC. The Arizona mess, that's a whole other situation. That, that, that red-hot team may be on the outside looking in. So there is a lot to talk about with regard to the NFL as we get ready to feast on that on Sunday. And then news out of Dallas this morning that Tony Romo is out, will not play in the Sunday night game against the Eagles, uh, which would be, I guess, the de facto NFC East championship. Uh, but he's had surgery now, and so he has been ruled out. So, so I guess it's Kyle Orton and then some 41-year-old. I think we all know who that is. Anyway, um, so that'll be interesting to, to track as well this weekend. And we'll have lots of coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com on Sunday, and that includes an impactful game in front of us on Sunday afternoon, which will be Carolina and Atlanta for obvious reasons. So by the time our coverage really is ramping up toward kickoff on NewOrleansSaints.com this Sunday, we uh, will certainly know right about what the Saints are playing for at 325 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, so that's that. John DeShazer to join us on Black and Blue Report today, and then we'll talk about Pelicans basketball uh, the Pelicans owe the Nuggets one. I really do think this. Uh, the game was about as even as it gets back on the 15th against the Nuggets, except for a very alarming uh, free throw discrepancy and a lopsided rebounding margin. Now, some of that plays hand in hand. But tonight, uh, with Davis back in the fold, Evans back in the fold uh, for the Pelicans, um, I look for a better result. And I, I, as, as I'm hearing here now late in the morning, uh, we're going to have a great crowd at New Orleans Arena tonight. I think there's still a chance for you to get in on it, um, but it could be a near sellout by the time late afternoon rolls around, So, if not a sell, sold out already. So uh, lots to talk about there. We'll do so with David Wesley of Fox Sports New Orleans, and then Chris Dempsey from the Denver Post will tell us a little bit more about the Nuggets 
coming in here on four straight losses into the arena tonight. And then a little bit later in the program, Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. On Thursday nights, we air the Monty Williams show. It is the longest visit of the week that we get with the Pelicans head coach. It is some of his best stuff. So we thought we'd start to share some of that with you on Friday Black and Blue Reports in case you missed Thursday night. So John DeShazer, David Wesley, Chris Dempsey of the Denver Post, and Monty Williams. A great Friday show for you. We'll get started in one minute. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Get geared up for the big game and wear what the team wears. Visit the Saints team store at Gate B on the plaza level of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's Friday, so that must mean John DeShazer and getting us ready for a Saints football weekend. Back at it on Sunday, the Saints welcome in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as you all well know now, a 325 kickoff at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Good to talk to you, partner. It's been a long time. God, you go on the road, man. You don't know how to come home. I don't. I don't know what to say about that. I'm going to put out an ATV on. I, I know how to get here. Just nobody will let me. So, um, <laughs> but it's nice to be back. Uh, John will be with me, by the way, tonight on the broadcast for the Pelicans and the Denver Nuggets. It's one of just two home games in almost a month-long stretch for the Pelicans. But um, JD wanted to have you on to get us up to speed on some football here late in this week. Uh, it's been somewhat of an odd week. I think that people kind of were taken aback for a moment about the Drew Brees. Uh, knee uh, injury news that really wasn't news but it was on the injury report I didn't think it was going to be anything of note but uh, and that's the way it turned out yesterday but uh, other storylines as you see it other than the obvious obviously about the must-win situation on Sunday but what is the latest there from Saints camp on this Friday well I mean obviously uh, Kenny Vaccaro's out he's on injury reserve so we got to see if Raphael Bush is going to be able to make it back to play a little bit at safety uh, we know that the Saints like to go with that heavy three-safety package with Roman Harper, Malcolm Jenkins, and Kenny Vaccaro. But with no Vaccaro, you know, if, if Rafael Bush comes back, he's pretty comfortable in that package. If not, you know, we might have to, they might have to try some other things to see if that will work out for him. And, of course, the rookie left tackle, Teron Armstead, is going to make his second consecutive start. I mean, everyone thought it was pretty rocky. Uh, Carolina ended up with six sacks, and the guy who was playing over him, defensive end Greg Hardy, ended up with three of those sacks. But, you know, from all accounts from Coach John Payton and from Drew Brees, you know, several of those sacks belong to Drew for holding on to the football too long, and they really uh, have raved about how athletic and how well they like to run as a, a, as a run blocker and also a guy who was able to get down the field and, and get to that secondary tier when he was able to block it and, and create some holes down the field. So, you know, he's going to be making a second start, and they think he's just going to continue to get better. John, the Saints do a pretty good job of playing it close to the vest, 
kind of staying on script all week long. Has there been anything out of the ordinary this week in you talking to the players or at least Coach or Drew in front of the assembled media that has struck you as different about this final week of the regular season? Not really. I mean, they've been, you know, a fairly loose group in the locker room. I mean, certainly they understand the ramifications of the game, and they, you know, they've already turned it, you know, as a playoff game, and they're going to approach it that way. But, you know, they don't seem any any, any more tight than usual. And I think a lot of that has to do, obviously, with playing at home in, in the Superdome. Uh, uh, these guys are 7-0 and at home this year, and, you know, there's only three uh, NFL teams that are undefeated at home this season going into the final weekend, and they win by an average score of 33-15 at home. So they've got that huge comfort zone there uh, offensively and defensively. Defensively, they hadn't allowed, you know, uh, they allowed a maximum of 20 points at, at the Superdome, and that was only once this year, and that was to, to San Francisco. So they know when they get in the Superdome, you know, obviously it's not a magic elixir. You just can't step in there and everything's, everything's fine. But there certainly is a comfort zone there, and, and you know, there could be – a huge, huge uh, fan turnout from the standpoint of, you know, they will know the result of Carolina-Atlanta uh, by the time the Saints kick off. And, you know, for anyone who's interested, you know, Atlanta's beaten Carolina five consecutive times in Atlanta. So if Atlanta happens to pull off that game, which obviously the Falcons are going to be a, a significant underdog, but if they happen to pull out that game, the Saints could be playing for the NFC South Division Championship and the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. So, you know, there could be huge ramifications on the line by the time they kick off. Funny this NFL, huh? Saints fans have to root for the Falcons this weekend. <laughs> yeah, they're going to love that much. I mean, I, don't, I, I can imagine. I can see the tweets and everything else that goes along with that. But, hey, you do, you do what you got to do. You'll dance with the devil, I guess, if it gets you where you want to go. You know, it's, you mentioned the tweets and all that. I bet it will be a lot of, boy, thanks, thanks Atlanta, or it will be – uh, grotesquely the other end of the spectrum if Atlanta does not help the Saints. Uh, it could be um, not rated G, shall we say. Oh, well, you know, but the, but the Falcons and their fans are used to that. From, you know, they're used to that part. They they won't be used to the back slaps. That's, that's the one that will throw them for a shot, you know. But if they, you know, Saints fans are cussing them and, and calling them low down and no good and you know, good for nothing and all those things, they'll be, they'll be pretty accustomed to that. <laughs> yes, they will. That would just seem like any other day. Um <laughs> You know, you mentioned you know, the, the injury to Vaccaro is is so significant, and um, you know, what's going on with that secondary on the on the Saints side of the ball, the defensive secondary. Are there any other matchups? Because you know, it's hard looking at Tampa Bay right now and finding something sexy. I mean, uh, Bobby Rainey is just not doing it for me. Uh, Mike Glennon is, I think, the 19th rated quarterback in the NFL. Is there another position group or storyline this weekend that? can offer some intrigue at all when it comes to this football game? Well, the one thing that, that the Tampa Bay Bucks do well is they play great pass defense. They only allow, I mean, this is this is shocking. I had, When I looked at it, I had to do a double take. They only allow 229 yards passing per game, and they have 21 picks this season. So that's the one thing they've done well. Um, now, doing it well in the Superdome against Drew Brees might be a different thing because even though Drew's had his struggles on the road at home, he is averaging 351 yards a game, and we know he needs 219 yards to get to that magic, you know, 5,000 you know mark. And you know that'll be the fourth time he's did it. He's the only guy in NFL history who's, who's done it more than once. So he looks to extend that record. But you know, the one thing the Buccaneers do is they play pass defense well. And now that I reflect on it, they intercepted Breeze twice down in Tampa. That was a 16-14 uh, Saints win. 
but they played them pretty well in terms of pass defense in that game until the Saints got that final series to put together the game-winning field goal. So that's the one thing that the Buccaneers do well. You, you mentioned their offense. Now, they don't score a lot. They only score 18 a game. They don't move the ball a whole lot. They only average 276 yards. But the one thing they ha- they have been able to do is, is play pass defense. And they've got a pretty good front, too. You, know, you hear a lot about the defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy, and how disruptive he is. And so that obviously goes hand-in-hand with the secondary. But but what they have done, again, is, is they've defended the pass really well this season. That's John DeShazer with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, John and I will have a lot of coverage for you on NewOrleansSaints.com on Sunday. A part of that coverage is J.D.'s uh, pregame visit with Sean Payton. You'll hear interviews with Coach Payton on game day, but no one other than John uh, visits with Coach on game day outside the Saints locker room before the football game. So look for that exclusive content on Sunday on NewOrleansSaints.com. J.D. and I will have the broadcast for you on the Pelican side tonight on uh, not only 105.3 FM WWL, but also 870 AM tonight, WWL, the big one, and um, across the uh, Pelicans radio network. All right, J.D., back to football practice for you. I'll see you over here tonight for Pelicans basketball at the arena. Absolutely. So hopefully we can uh, talk them through a win tonight. You know, we I've got some suggestions if, you know, if Coach Williams is looking for anything. So Come on down. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll be anxious to see you in the hallway tonight. Yeah, he'll be glad to hear what I got to say, sure. <laughs> John DeShazer helping us get ready for a black and gold Sunday as the Saints get set for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and so much on the line with regard to uh, the uh, Saints' uh, postseason to fate, uh, let alone the NFL. And uh, that's that'll be a lot of fun to track on Monday when we get J.D. back here again on the Black and Blue Report. All right, Pelicans and Nuggets tonight. We'll turn our attention to hoops with David Wesley right after this quick timeout. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Normally, David Wesley joins us on Wednesday, Wesley Day. We've been doing that for a long, long time, but with the holiday and all that, uh, we've uh, had to move Wesley Day to Friday, which may be more fitting for his personality, but he joins us here on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Merry Christmas, David. Merry Christmas. It's uh, it's nice to have a little break from each other. <laughs> David and I have been living <laughs> together basically the last... Uh, 10 days and and david when i looked at the pelican schedule uh from december the 15th to january 7th the pelicans will play 10 of 12 games on the road so a rare home game tonight that should be nice at least to see the home crowd yeah we got home just uh long enough to unpack and repack kind of nice <laughs> pretty much um you know when you look back on the road trip david 
we all have a good taste in our mouths because you win the last game at Sacramento. But I also don't want to be foolish enough not to look at the whole road trip. What were your what were your takeaways from those five games out west? Well, you know, with Anthony Davis out and Ryan Anderson struggling shooting, I mean, he's still scoring, but he, he's struggling shooting the ball from the perimeter. Um, the, the guard play, uh, specifically talking about uh, Gordon, uh, very uh, inconsistent. And when this team can't score, it, it, it doesn't win. So uh, I think the first three games they scored, 93, 93, 95, where they've been up, you know, in the mid-100s when they win. So, um, or not mid-100s, 105-ish when they win. It's, it's been uh, kind of a mystery why they haven't been able to score, maybe not getting out and running as much as they need to. I know Coach spoke about, shot selection uh, at times, uh, executing their offense at times. Uh, but that's got to be, uh, I think, one of their main focuses, getting out, getting those easy baskets, uh, getting some steals, uh, and those kind of things. It was nice to get Anthony and Tyreek back. They looked better. They scored more. Um, Tyreek is playing out of his mind, <laughs> which is nice to see that that ankle is not keeping him uh you know, limiting limiting him at all. So, um, you know, I expect them with some days rest, some guys getting a little bit healthier uh, for them to uh, look pretty good tonight. Twelve and fourteen, New Orleans versus fourteen and thirteen, Denver. Um, David, when you look at the Pelicans' injury list, uh, there are a couple of wrinkles in it going into tonight's game. Eric Gordon took a nasty spill at Sacramento during the road trip. Uh, he's listed as day-to-day. He may or may not play tonight. If he does not go, how does that change that starting five for New Orleans? Well, you know, Coach talks about it all the time. When when somebody goes down, and that's why you have 15 guys, and that's one of the benefits of, of Coach, the way he plays his lineup. He plays a lot of guys, gives them opportunities to, to fight for minutes, and it's a lot different than when I played. I mean, you didn't play until the starter – fell off a mountain, um, whereas Coach gets these guys in there, gets them some pretty significant minutes, keeps them ready for these types of things. Um, you know, I, I guess I could see Austin Rivers possibly getting in there. He didn't play last game, but, you know, he could possibly uh, get in that two-guard spot. Uh, Darius Miller hasn't got a ton of minutes, uh, but, you know, he certainly could get in there. I'm not sure. I've always liked Brian Roberts out there. Uh, which could be a, a, a nice flow because he can take Drew Holiday off the ball. Maybe Drew can come off shooting some shots. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be another difficult stretch if he's out for any amount of time. David Denver has not won since they beat New Orleans on the fifteenth. That's four straight losses. Any uh, idea what's going on with the Nuggets here? I know they've played some quality opponents, but they've really really fallen off here. Well, you know. It, from, from the things that I've I've seen and read, it, you know, it just they don't they're not playing with a, a high level of intensity. Um, with Ty Lawson, you know, very, very inconsistent, and he's kind of the the general that that makes that team go. Um, they they have struggled. You know, I was looking back at the, the game that they played uh, in Denver, and it, both teams shot thirty seven of eighty five. 
both teams shot 7 of 24 from the three-point line. The difference was rebounds, 15, 51 to 32, and free throws. Um, the Nuggets made 21 free throws. The Pelicans only made 12. So uh, um, I, don't, I don't think that the Nuggets are good right now. <laughs> this is certainly an opportunity for the Pelicans to come out and get a win at home. Uh, they played better at home. They have a winning record at home. So, um, yeah, go out and smack them while they're down. I like the way you think there, partner. Um, anything else that we should add? Do you think, you know, I know the fans have been uh, kind of focused on the holidays with us out west as they prepare to come to the game tonight. Can you give them something that they may be able to zero in or watch for? Anthony Davis has to play well. This is a really good rebounding team, despite their, their the way they played. Um, they've had several games this year. Uh, I want to say five or six games this year where they rebound had fifty or more rebounds, uh, which is a lot. Uh, so this team has to rebound, and, and Anthony Davis is a big part of that. Uh, it'd be nice to get Jason Smith back. Hopefully, he's getting closer because they need all the big bodies. Kenneth Farid is uh, called the Manimal for a reason. He gobbles up rebounds and plays with extreme energy. So um, I would watch for the inside play. Uh, points in the paint last time they played was was a little bit lopsided in 40-32. to 32. So um, the, the, the bigs tonight are going to have to bring their game. Good stuff, David. I know you got a conference call to run to uh, to get ready for the television broadcast tonight. David Wesley, Joel Myers tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans. Tip off at 7. We'll hope to see you at the arena. Otherwise, you can see uh, Mr. Wesley on television tonight. Have a great Friday, David. We'll see you tonight. All right, see you tonight. You bet. David Wesley with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Back with more. Just a quick timeout. Basketball fans of all ages, NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans and tips off with four days of wall-to-wall basketball action. February 13th through 16th, NBA All-Star Jam Session transforms the New Orleans Ernest M. Moriel Convention Center into 40 interactive activities, providing fans an authentic NBA experience where they can test their skills, score free autographs from NBA stars, and pick up the hottest NBA All-Star merchandise. Jam Session is your family's ticket to everything NBA All-Star. Tickets start at $10. Buy yours today at NBAevents.com. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans by getting the entire family on board for a Pepsi Friends and Family Night. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games and include four tickets, four hot dogs, four bags of chips, and four Pepsis for as low as $128. The next Pepsi Friends and Family Night is Friday, December 27th against the Denver Nuggets. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, log on to pelicans.com today. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Plow to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. Our conversation about Pelicans and Nuggets continues this morning. We already heard from David Wesley. Now, we kind of, I don't want to say we go behind enemy lines, but at least we get the perspective from the Denver Nuggets. And with that is Chris Dempsey from the Denver Post. Welcome to New Orleans, sir. I hope that this uh, weather finds you okay today. Yeah, absolutely it does. It's, uh... It's hard to say. Denver this time of year can be 55 one day and 25 the next. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we've we've gotten both already too. So for sure. No doubt. Denver rolls in here, Chris, 14-13, and 13, and they haven't won since they beat the Pelicans back on the 15th. What's going on with the Nuggets here? Yeah, uh, you know, kind of a lot of things. You know, they, they've had some players in and out of the lineup, uh, but, but most of, most of the, uh, uh, the problem is, you know, they're just kind of reverting back to some bad habits. And uh, some of the things that, that kind of plagued them at the start of the season, they started the season one and four. And they were just, you know, you know, whether it was free throws, or whether it was the offense sticking, or whether it was, uh, you know, defense, uh, you know, uh, allowing a, a ton of offensive rebounds and giving up second and third possessions. Uh, those things that they had a little bit solved during a seven-game win streak and a four-and-two uh, Eastern Conference road uh, swing right before they they got back home, uh, you know, they have started to crop up again. And you know, they were one and three uh, on their last home stand, and uh, you know, they had a couple days before they. Um, uh, play here tonight, but uh, it, it's just been a lot of the little things that hurt them at the beginning of the season have come back, and the, you know to the point where they had to had to, actually had to have a get back basic practice yesterday, uh, and just reteach a lot of the thing all the way on down to screening, and then which way to roll off the screen, and, and you know all, you know so it was very very that they stripped it all the way down yesterday, and, and hopefully for them that that's going to uh, help solve some of their problems. Chris, follow me on this one, just if you if you can, and I, my wife will tell me that this will be difficult for you, but because um, I don't explain myself very well. Let let me go back to the start of the season, or at least during training camp. Yeah. This this was my impression. This would be a rebuilding year for Denver. They had lost a lot of pieces. It was going to take some time, but and it could be a little bit of a rough ride for rookie head coach Brian Shaw. Here they stand with a winning record despite losing four straight. So. The question is this, if you've, if you've followed me thus far, is this just a bad little stretch for Denver, or is this Nuggets team coming back to where they maybe they should have been all along here? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I, I think uh, the, I don't think we actually know the, the, the total answer to that question yet. I think I was a little bit like you. You know, I, I thought that they would battle for one of the last two uh, playoff spots, and I think that's exactly where they'll end up being, but uh, you know, it's you know, right now, we know so little about what they are when they're playing at a very high level, uh, first of all. And then part two of this, uh, you know, they don't have guys like JaVale McGee. They don't have Noah Gallinari. Uh, they might not have Kenneth Fareed tonight. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lineup that we don't know what it looks like when it's all together yet. We don't know what it looks like necessarily when it's playing at a high level all the time. And so it's very difficult to gauge right now whether this is what the Nuggets are, or uh, you know, or or are they something more, or are they something less? And and so I think we're all finding that out right now. What, what I'll say about the, that that team is this: I think there's there's definitely good pieces. I mean, you're you're talking about a team that won 57 games last season, so uh, there's not a, a lack of talent on the roster, but there is a, a learning curve that they are still climbing. And you know, have they? Some of the running from last year, they're trying. Yes, uh, they, they, they definitely want Brian Shaw. Definitely wants them to blow the ball up the court and really get into the. He wants early offense. Then if the defense happens to be back, he wants them to be able to execute in the half court. Uh, you know, and so it's learning that. You know, in learning the half court part of it, they kind of lost the running part of it. And so to get the running part back of it, it's just very disjointed right now. And so we'll just see ultimately what this team is. But what I, what I can say is this. Uh, they do not want to lose. They do want to make the playoffs and uh, you know and, and try to advance in the playoffs. So it's not a team that's 
looking to rebuild or went into the season looking at itself as a rebuilding unit. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, they're definitely trying to win and, and, and win a lot of games, win as many games as they can and get into the playoffs. Uh, we just don't know if they're going to be able to learn fast enough, uh, get get all the principles down that Branshaw wants to be able to get that done. Chris Dempsey's on the uh, Nuggets beat for the Denver Post. You mentioned Fareed a few minutes ago, uh, Chris. I really like watching him play. As you mentioned, he may or may not go tonight. Sprained ankle, it's the left one two games ago. Do we have any idea how badly he sprained that ankle? Uh, you know, it was a, it's a it wasn't the worst brain you've ever seen in your life, but it's a good enough one that he hasn't been able to fully bounce back. Now, he went through most of practice on uh, Thursday, most of it. But coming out of that practice, nobody was uh, overly convinced that he'd be ready to go. So there's going to be a little bit uh, of, of – uh, we'll see what happens after shoot-around and then in the hours after that into game time. He's going to definitely be a game-time decision. I'm sure he'll try it out prior to – no matter what happens at shooting around, I'm sure he'll try it out prior to the game and see if he can go. Uh, I, I don't know, getting the sense of talking to some people yesterday, if, if, if a lot of people are very optimistic that he'll play, but you never know. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see. He's, you know, he had an ankle injury uh, last year in the playoffs as well. It kinda, you know, he, he's just kind of a shell of himself with those kind of injuries because of his, his really bouncy guy, really energetic always on the glass kind of a guy. And, you know, if you're not getting all of that from Kenneth Fareed, uh, you know, it's tough to have him out there for big minutes. Chris, one more before I let you go. Uh, give me your take on Brian Shaw. What's he like? What's he like to, to cover? You know, is it too early to say that he has a coaching identity? What have you been able to surmise about him as a head coach? As a head coach, you know, it's, you know I think he's a very smart, you can tell, uh, smart head coach. You can definitely tell that he uh, was under uh, Phil Jackson and Frank Vogel. Uh, out there in, in Indiana, and, and so you, there's a lot of what there's a lot of Indiana and what the Nuggets do. There's some of what the Lakers did and what the Nuggets do as well. Um, you know, I, I you know it, it, as a communicator, he's a much better communicator. I think he's a I, he relates to the players a little bit better than maybe what what George Carl did last year or in recent years. Um, you know, he's a straight shooter, and I think the players appreciate that. Um, and, and he's just kind of a you know on top of it all, he's a real decent human being. So he's been great to cover. Uh, just a very pleasant attitude all the time, and, and quite frankly, in some cases where he could have uh, really not had one, you know, times get tough, he starts to reveal the, the, the true character, and he's really not flinched just quite yet. So uh, it's been fun covering him for sure. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for what he's trying to do as a head coach and what he's trying to implement, and, and we'll see if he can get this group of players uh, to be able to get it done. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that's probably hurting him right now is that his practices are interesting because uh, they're serious, but they're also fun. There's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of uh, things going on in practice. And I think sometimes you can have a little too much fun in practice and uh, not get down to the, the – to, and kind of skews, especially with a young team like this, kind of skews uh, the, the business-like attitude that you kind of need to have during a, the course of the whole NBA season. And I think a little bit of that has crept into their play where they're just a little rough around the edges a little too, a little too loose, a little too nonchalant about things. So I think he's going to try to tighten that up. But um, I like what I've seen so far. I, I think with the right group of players, and certainly this isn't going to be the, the, the necessarily the roster that they're you know going forward that's going to get them deep into the playoffs, whatever that may be. Um, but I, I think when that group of players is together, I think he's going to be. Uh, it's going to show uh, that he is fully capable of getting a team um, and getting it deep into the playoffs. That's Chris Dempsey. You can read his stuff at the Denver Post. Chris, how can they follow you on Twitter? 
Uh, you can follow me at Twitter or at Dempsey Post. Dempsey, D-E-M-P-S-E-Y, Post. Well, easy enough. Enjoy New Orleans. Hope you get something decent to eat while you're in town, Chris. <laughs> oh, it's not very hard around here. <laughs> no, you're right about that. Uh, Pelicans and Nuggets tonight at the arena, 7 o'clock tip-off. Chris, we'll see you tonight at the arena. Thanks for your time here on the Black and Blue Report. Absolutely, anytime. All right, we'll continue our conversation about the uh, Pelicans when we listen in from Monty Williams' uh, radio show from last night. We'll play a little piece of that as we continue right here on the Black and Blue Report. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Pelicans forward Ryan Anderson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, where our formula is simple. Each and every weekday, we want to bring you a podcast for the Pelicans and Saints fans. Very simple, uh, not too long, not too short, good interviews, great guests, and uh, to uh, enhance your fandom of both the Pelicans and the Saints. All right, we talked about the Saints earlier. Our conversation continues about the uh, New Orleans Pelicans who look to pick one off here at home before heading to Houston for a road game tomorrow. On Thursday nights, we visit with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. It's the Monty Williams Radio Show. It airs on the flagship station of the New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network. That's 105.3 WWL-FM. It's a 30-minute program that starts at 8 Central each and every Thursday. Now, during that program, we get our longest visit of the week with head coach Monty Williams. And frankly, uh, it's his best stuff. (laughs) I think he even... He would admit it uh, because we get to flesh some things out. So I know that not everybody can make 8 o'clock on Thursday night, so why not share some of what we get, uh, that good Monty Williams stuff, with you on Friday Black and Blue Reports. So this is not all of it, but let's play you a good chunk of what Coach had to say last night following the big long road trip and setting up this weekend against the Denver Nuggets. So from the Monty Williams radio show last night on WWL-FM, here is some of my visit with head coach Monty Williams. The Pelicans wrap up the 10-day, five-game road trip, and coach, to win that last game, I thought gave your team a nice bounce going into the holiday. Yeah, it was nice to finally get a win after we played so hard over the trip. Uh, Thought we had a win in in Portland. We couldn't close the deal, uh, but we saw a lot of resilient and tough-minded guys out there battling to get a win in Sacramento against a team that had beaten Dallas and Houston on their home floor. And uh, for our guys to come out and have a a big fourth quarter after being tied at halftime, tied after three quarters, and then to be able to get stops and have a big offensive push in the fourth quarter, it was a big thing for our team and really cool to close out uh, the road trip that way after having so many tough losses. 
How much on the road trip, Coach, was it a lift for this team to get certain guys back? It was really a huge thing for us, for morale. Um, some of our guys came back earlier than planned. Uh, Tyreek's done it twice already. Anthony probably came back a week or two before people even thought he'd play. Um, anytime you get guys like that who step up for their team, they earn their stripes, so to speak. And uh, to be able to do that on a young team says a lot about where we're headed and the type of future we can have. Coach, I've seen you coach a team and work a rotation when you've got head guys taken away from you. What's the difference between um, coaching with attrition as opposed to coaching with addition? Is there a different process there? Yeah, I think at times when you have uh, guys who are out, even though it's not an easy task, you kind of know that certain guys are going to play more minutes depending on foul trouble. When you start to get guys back, that's when you have to cut into other guys' minutes and you got to sacrifice a couple guys that you know thought they were going to play. Um, Austin Rivers is a case in point, you know, <clears throat> getting him in the rotation, uh, not having Tyreek uh, was easy. Now that we have Tyreek back and uh, Drew plays heavy minutes, Eric plays heavy minutes, and you know, working Brian back into the rotation, somebody loses minutes. And so it's difficult either way because you want to play everybody, but you can't. Most rotations in the NBA are nine or ten guys depending on foul trouble. We try to keep it around 9, 10. Sometimes you push it to 11 if you need a certain guy for a certain situation. You know, one of the themes of the road trip and along the lines of what we're talking about was guys coming and going. And there in the middle of the road trip, um, Alexi Ajunsa joins your team. He's already played two games for you. And I know that that takes time, especially with your system. But we talked about this a little bit last night, but more about what he could bring to this team. Yeah, he's... Um, been a pleasant surprise. He's got an IQ for the game. He's mobile, long, can finish around the basket. Uh, I like the fact that he's hungry to uh, not just prove people wrong, but to prove that he belongs in the NBA and, and he wants to be a part of winning. Uh, in the Sacramento game, I thought he his six points, I think he had six, they were six pivotal points. And it kind of showed me that he's not afraid of the moment and you know, for him to be able to come from France, uh, fly to Philadelphia, go to New Orleans, get a physical, meet us in Portland, and play in these games as if he was in America the whole time says a lot about his mental toughness. Uh, I think he's really going to be a, a good addition for us going forward. His length is something that you just don't see. It's something we haven't had. And um, i got to figure out ways to coach him and make him more comfortable on the floor. You know, one of the things he said to me the other day, that struck me as a perfect fit for your type of ball club, as he said, this is my second chance in the NBA. There will not be a third. <laughs> you know, when you've been in the league for a while, that's your mindset. You know, I look at that, uh, my job the same way. I don't look at uh, other job opportunities or what this may lead to. I tell my wife all the time, you know, I always look at my contract like it's my last contract. And I think that gives you an edge. Uh, can't go off of what people say about you or what the forecast may be based on what you're doing, whether it be positive or good for the team. You have to have that type of an edge. And I think it serves him well if he understands that, you know, he's got to show and prove every single day. And, and 
that could push you to have one more set when you're in the weight room or push you to shoot 100 more shots or, you know, you may want to get an hour more of rest on game day uh, instead of sitting up and watching TV. That's an edge that a lot of young guys don't realize. And sometimes you don't realize it until you fail. And um, I think we're getting him at the right time. You know, we're not going to get happy on the farm, but we certainly see a lot of upside with Alexi. On the other side of the conversation about players going, Jason Smith finally is slowed down by a pretty nasty bone bruise. Coach, are you, are you getting ready to do without him for some time, or is this more of a day-to-day -day thing with Jason? We're not sure. Um, we got to wait and see what our doctors say when we get back. Uh, could be day to day, could be a week or two, not sure. Uh, we know he's feeling better with the rest, um, but it could be a blessing in disguise. Getting Alexi when we got him and Jason being out uh, may be able to find a, a rotation for those two guys with Ryan and AD. Coach, when I asked you this question, maybe it was a week or two ago about how teams were playing your team or if your team had maybe started to pull together an identity and you said, Sean, not yet because I haven't had all my guys. Yeah. Now that some guys have come back, some significant pieces, do you sense that's the phase you're heading into now to really kind of figure out who this team is? I think we're, we're learning that we're, we're just a gutty, tough, resilient team that can explode at any moment. Um, when we defend, we feel like we can compete with anyone. We have the ability to score, but we certainly don't have a consistent superstar that goes out and gets you 25 plus every single night. We don't have that. Uh, we have different guys who step up. Uh, Tyreek carried us in the sack game. Uh, we've had Ryan carry us for most of the season. Drew's been big all year long. Eric has the ability. Ryan has it. So we don't have one guy that steps up every single night. And so we can be a quote unquote team in that Defensively, we got to play great health defense because we don't have that big, you know, thug down there in the post who can just, you know, keep people away at all times. We have to play great team defense, and on offense, we, we're going to have a couple guys who step up every night, and then we got to have great complements who may score eight to twelve points, and that that helps us over the long haul. It's interesting you say that because we've started to see guys, and it just happens they slump a little bit. Ryan's been slumping here a little bit of late, but yet unlike maybe in the past two seasons, when one or two guys is, is in a lull, others are there to help pick up the slack. Well, that's, that's what teams do. And, um, you know, we have to have that mindset that when one of our guys is not shooting the ball well or teams are just trying to take him out, you got to learn how to play off of that. Ryan makes a lot of guys better just by being on the floor. He creates so much space. Uh, the only thing, I, I don't want him pushing to just get shots because he's not getting his looks. And he's doing a better job this year of recognizing what's a good shot and what's not a good shot. But we have the type of team where if he's not making shots, we have other guys who can who can put it down. And um, you know we've had nights like that where we didn't have AD on the road trip. He gets hurt against New York, and we we still find a way to beat Chicago. Um, come back home, we slump two games, and we get right back at it and win three games in a row without our full complement of players. So it's it's a credit to Dell and his staff for bringing in guys that can do that and 
makes it tougher for me to figure out which guy is going to be able to do it, though, when you can't count on one or two guys to give you certain production every night. So with that, we're all set. Pelicans and Nuggets tonight at 7. Pelicans at Rockets tomorrow night at 7. Saints versus Buccaneers Sunday, 325. Big weekend. Black and Blue report back on Monday to clean it all up for you. So uh, we'll look forward to that. We should have lots of things to talk about on Monday for sure. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter, at Black Blue Report or at Sean Kelly Live. You can also follow producer Dan over there. He's at D. Sowerson. So uh, we'll see you not only on Twitter, but, of course, online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com and through the new mobile apps for the Saints and the Pelicans, available now for free on your Apple or Android device. Have a great rest of your Friday. Hope to see you at the arena tonight. Say hi if you come by. Otherwise, on the radio tomorrow night from Houston and Sunday online with plenty of Saints coverage here in Week 17. That'll do it for us. Sean Kelly saying so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.